You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Last week, we, we learned about two situations dealing with holy text. So we had to fill in out somewhere out in the wild. And we discussed how it was possible to safeguard them if we found them on Shabbat. And we're in the 10th chapter of Eruvin, which is really a summary chapter, not just for the Mishnah of Eruvin, but for the joint topics of Eruvin and Shabbat. At one point, Eruvin and Shabbat were probably one Masechet, but they were, you know, they were too big. They were broken out. So we're closing off the issues of Shabbat. We're closing off with issues of carrying. And we've discovered already that the rabbis are intensely interested in carrying on Shabbat, more so than any other malacha. And the rabbis are always interested in conflicts of values. So we've got two values which are in clash. How are we going to resolve them? So the previous two Mishnayot talked about finding to fill in out in the wild on Shabbat. And now we're going to deal with the Sefer Torah. So we're picking up in the third Mishnah of Eruvin. Someone was reading a book. Well, Sefer is a book, but in this context, it's a scroll. Because in the time of the Mishnah, they didn't have bound books in the sense that we have today. The Codex wasn't invented until a little bit later. So, Hayakoreba Sefer, someone was reading a book. This is a scroll. Al Ha'askupa, he's on a threshold. So the, and the status of this place where he's sitting is a little bit dubious. Is it Rushuta? Is it private space or is it public? It's certainly not public space, but it may be a Carmelite. It may be an in-between space. We're not quite sure. And the Gemara is going to discuss this, but we can be quite certain already that the, the status of this place he's reading the Sefer is, is a little bit indeterminate. So he's sitting there reading it. Nit galgel hasefer miador. It rolls out of his hand. And of course, we've all seen this happen with a scroll, especially a scroll that's you know pretty lightweight. It can roll. Ah, so it rolls. Maybe it rolls out into Rushutaha. It rolls out into public space because he's on the threshold. Well, what are you going to do? Your safer Torah just rolled out. You're not going to leave it there. And the Mishnah says, God Allah, it's law. He can roll it back to himself. Okay. We're not going to let it sit out in the street on Shabbat. But that's when we're sitting in indeterminate space. Maybe he's sitting on top of the roof. Actually, probably very common in those days to be sitting on the roof Shabbat afternoon and reading away. The scroll rolls out of his hand. He can roll it back to himself as long as, as it hasn't reached within 10 hands breadths from the ground. And remember, we've learned before that high space, space above 10 hands breadths, is free space. The, the Mishnah calls it, or the commentators call it makompatur. You can do anything you like above 10 tefachim from the ground. So as long as it's in free space, and I think this should be quite obvious, actually. He rolls it back to himself. Once it hits 10 tefachim, then it's actually really in Rushut HaRabim. 
So the Mishnah says, look, you turn it over onto its writing. What does that mean? Look, we can't roll it up. We just can't leave a book just exposed out of there, the rest of Shabbat. But what if we turn it upside down? So the blank side is looking out and at least the letters are inside. And then we kind of, you know, we can, it can sort of sit there. It's probably not going to rain in the Galil on, we hope it's not going to rain. If it's raining, you probably, t- you, mm, that's a different problem. And then you were going to go and collect it after Shabbat. Rabbi Udalmer, even if it's no more than a a threads, actually this should be a needle's thickness. Um, even if it's only a needle's thickness off the ground, you can roll it back. He can roll it back to himself. I'm sorry, this is a Safari translation. I'm sorry, it's not totally accurate. Even if it's no more than a needle's thickness off the ground, he can roll it back to himself. Rabbi Shimon says, he's even more makil. He says, look, afilu, Rabbi Shimon Omer, afilu ba'aretz at smogoloetzlo. Even if it hit the ground, he can roll it up. She'ein l'cha davar mishum shfut omed bifnei kitvei ha'kodesh. Because there's no prohibition that's due just to rest. Rabbi Shimon is talking here about basically issues of... Um, he said it's not a deriter to sort of move something in and out of a Carmelite. And in any case, one end of this object is in private space. So it's not as even as if you're moving something from public to private. It's sitting in private space. One end of it has rolled out into public space. So there's no deriter. You're, there's no, you're not um doing an av malacha a fundamental piece of work by pulling it back in so it's it's what rabbi shimon called mishum shfut that you know the rabbis forbid it in case you should get into doing other things but there's no fundamental isur and rabbi shimon is saying look these are holy writings there's no nothing that is prohibited because of just um Shabbat rest, Omed stands before holy writings. You have to protect the Sefer. So we got the clash of values. The Halakha actually does not go according to Rabbi Shimon. That's very interesting. So the rabbis are concerned about protecting the Shabbat rest. Incidentally, I wanted to just bring you this picture that is printed in the Rambam's commentary. Rambam thinks that we're sitting on top of a sloping wall. Not a, so. In other words, the the Rambam would say that Rambam actually agrees with Rabbi Huda. If it's a, a vertical wall, Rambam actually agrees. Look, even if, if if it's minutely off the ground, you can roll it in. But he's saying, look, that the case um, where it's within ten hands breadth of the ground is where it's actually rolling down a diagonal wall. So it really is attached to the ground rather than just hanging. And I might just leave you with that diagram of of the Rambam. And let's just go on to the second example we're going to deal with today. And that's a windowsill. But again, it's a windowsill high up in the air. And you can see this window here is above a bench. So it's probably just about 10 to Fahim above the surface of the ground and that's the measure which 
the Mishnah is going to be interested in. So ziz shelifnecholon, there's a ledge outside a window. We call it a windowsill today. Not nimalav and not nilmimeno bishabbat. You can put something on it from inside on Shabbat and you can take from it on Shabbat. So this window ledge, again, just like the makom patur, the free space above ten tefachim, is a kind of a, a neutral area on Shabbat. And then the Mishnah goes on to say, So you can stand in private space. And reach your hand and you reach your hand out and move something in public space. It works the other way too. He can stand in public space and move objects in private space. Providing he doesn't take him beyond four cubits. So again, we seem to be, we're a little bit, we're dealing in boundary areas here, in areas which are not really carrying. And the rabbis are prepared to cut us a little bit of slack uh, in these boundary situations. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.